There's a little guy on my shirt. He's jumping. Ladies and gentlemen, and none of you in between, welcome to Black Flag Productions. We are your hosts, A.A. Ron and Anthony. What's up, Black Flag family? Today, we're going to talk about something pretty exciting, the dark side to green energy. The dark side. So, Anthony, why don't you tell us a little bit about that dark side, and I would assume that you're going to start with solar panels. So, literally every step in the production of solar panels requires some sort of of non-renewable energy. Uh-oh. Natural gas is required for literally every step of the production of solar panels. You need natural gas for the smelting to make the solar panels and to provide heat and power from the manufacturing facilities to transport all the materials, not to mention the additional resources and minerals and fossil energy needed for constructing the factories and processing equipment and maintaining the infrastructure itself. Solar panels, they utilize what is called a photovoltaic cell. And these are made from highly purified silicon. And Every step in the silicon purification process requires perpetual 24-7 power that is generated from non-renewable sources of fuel. A single polysilicon plant can draw 400 megawatts of electricity. Which is enough energy to power approximately 300,000 homes. Literally the only renewable resource, quote unquote renewable, that is consumed in the photovoltaic cell production are obtained by deforestation. Charcoal and wood chips make up the majority of the fuel that goes into the smelters for purifying silicon. So they're cutting down trees in order to produce energy? Right. Uh-oh. Well, that just sounds like slavery with extra steps. They're cutting down forests to make solar panels. <laughs> And to make matters worse, after the silicon has been purified, it undergoes a process called wafer sawing. The silicon is cut into thin wafers that will later be processed into solar cells. But during this process, approximately half of the purified silicon is lost as sawdust. And this dust is usually not recovered back into a usable form. So it just becomes dust in the wind, basically. Right. At that it's, point. Yeah. So after all of the energy and materials and non-renewable fuels that go in to purifying this silicon to make solar cells out of, a large portion of it is discarded as waste. The portions of it that do get recycled by chance have to be re-smelted back down and re-purified, so requiring more non-renewable resources. The bummer is that we're not even talking about something that has uh, a, a very long duration. It doesn't have a long lifespan. The battery packs, four to five years. The solar panels themselves, 30 years. So that's maybe one, two generations, and then you've really got to start to rebuild the infrastructure from scratch because it starts to break down. We're really falling prey to this hijinks that renewable energy is going to be some savior of the future, when really all it's doing is it's raping a lot of forests and it's causing a lot of issues trying to find disposal areas for these cells. So check this out. We actually have a briefing paper that was released by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. By 2050, it's expected that there will be 78 million metric tons of solar waste. Another thing to take into consideration about solar power is the fact that since solar panels do not perpetually create power, this energy has to be stored. This obviously requires some type of battery. A good thing to know about these batteries is that these batteries on average 
last under six years, which means that the batteries will have to be replaced at least four to five times to match the lifespan of an average solar panel. That's all they last? Yeah. Let's say that your your average, you know, Susie homemaker puts these into her house. How long is it going to take until traditional type energy would be more expensive in the long run than just outfitting your house with some of these photovoltaic cells? Depending on how the solar panel is made and what it's made out of, it takes around four and a half to five years to make back the energy that was put into it. So after 45 years, you would be in the green of, I guess you would say, green energy. But we have to take into consideration as well that on a small scale, like powering one home, it might be worth it. But the waste and pollution and how much energy it takes to do this on a nationwide scale may not be worth it because the average lifespan of a solar panel is around 30 years. So you figure on a national level, you would have to replace a nation's worth of solar panels every 30 years. And we're talking millions upon millions of metric tons of waste, poisonous waste at that. Oh man, this does not sound like a good idea. Now I want to go into to the second kind of most popular form of green energy, which is wind turbines. Wind turbines or wind power has a tenfold lower power density than solar panels. You would have to have 10 times the amount of land to create the same amount of power than a solar panel. Wind turbines kill anywhere between 140,000 and 500,000 birds annually. Who got paid to count those? We'll never know. We should just call them bird machetes. Bird machetes. <laughs> a five megawatt wind turbine requires approximately 900 tons of steel, which requires over 800 tons of coal to smelt. And then, of course, after the short lifespan of these wind turbines, you have to deal with the waste. More than 50 tons of unrecyclable plastic are contained in the blades of a five megawatt wind turbine. So literally with every wind turbine that is produced, 50 tons of unrecyclable plastics end up in a landfill. Did you say for every one? Every single turbine has 50 tons of unrecyclable plastic. That's a lot. It costs about the same amount of money to construct one oil well as it does to construct one wind turbine. The wind turbine will generate the equivalent of one barrel of oil per hour, and the oil well will produce 10 barrels of oil in an hour. It costs less than 50 cents to store one barrel of oil, but it, you need approximately $200 worth of batteries to store the same amount of energy as one barrel of oil. So even though you're saying that each one of these five megawatt bird machetes is creating a lot of waste, I mean, what would be the difference between that and whenever we have something like the, the BP oil tanker spill or a Deepwater Horizon accident that is releasing millions of gallons of crude oil into the ocean and covering birds that someone has to make commercials about washing with Dawn dish soap. Yeah, that's actually a common argument that a lot of people bring up. Well, one thing about these oil spills, it's an extremely rare event. And that's what kind of adds to that entertainment value of it. And it makes people hyper-focused on the negativity of natural gas. But if you look at something like a wind turbine, every single wind turbine is guaranteed to have at least 50 tons of unrecyclable plastic as waste. So that's kind of all I had about windmills. Did you want to touch on the last point that we have about electric cars? Electric cars. The first electric car was in 1830, before really the turn of the century, around 1890, 1895, 98% of the public transit systems in London were 100% electric. During my research, I found some other great points that I wanted to share. So along with this new industry, so-called new industry, as we, we've uh, just discussed, but along with this, this technology 
comes a brand new problem, and that is how to dispose of the massive amounts of waste that is happening, especially as these cars grow in popularity. They actually came up with a term for the pollution. They call it e-waste. Here's another disadvantage. The batteries, just as they do in solar panels, they need to be replaced extremely frequently, and that is unbelievably expensive. I've seen estimates to where just the battery cells can be up to half of the manufacturing cost of these cars. Wow. And then last but not least, these batteries are so heavy. Unlike a typical 12, 13, 14 gallon fuel tank on the back of your car, just right where usually your license plate sits, these battery packs literally surround in the cockpit um, where the fuselage would have been in, in the car. They surround the driver and it's so heavy that it actually reduces its own gas mileage, battery mileage, whatever you want to call it. And it actually creates more problems during an accident event. You know, green energy is really advertised as this perfect, holy form of energy. And maybe on a smaller scale, it might be good. But on a nationwide scale, it really would just produce nothing but waste and um, a lot of problems down the road. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is what we have for you today. Step one, hit the like button. Step two, please. Would you subscribe to our channel? And step three, and most importantly, stop watching this podcast right now. Go find your mom. Tell you love her. Give her a kiss. What did he say? For Black Flag Productions, I'm A.A. Ron, and we're already looking forward to seeing you next time.